Hello everybody, welcome back to Not Another Isekai, and man, we got some good stuff this week, um, couple, couple surprises though, couple drops, um, usually don't drop this late into the, uh, the season, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know, there's just a couple shows here, we'll get to them, um, that, uh, just don't, you know, just didn't exactly hold up to the other ones, you know, I feel like there's so many great shows this season, and re I mean really every season, but, um, you know, that we can't just harp on the ones that are just good, and so we gotta focus on the ones that are great, and a couple of these, you know, kind of, kind of fell off and kind of aren't doing anything super special, um, super quickly, uh, you know, like the other ones are. But we'll get to those because uh, we do have many, many amazing shows to talk about. So uh, we'll start with Villain Saga, season two, episode 17. Um, this was the big fight, which was really telling for both characters. Um, we got Thorfinn and Snake trading blows. Um, you know, they, they're both really good. You know, that, you know, this really makes me want to learn more about Snake. He did mention something about being part of one of the, like the armies or something like that. Um, you know, cause we, have, we don't really know too much about him. There have been little hints here and there. Even last season, I remember mentioning that, uh, that spherical was like, Hey, where'd you, where, where'd you get that sword? Doesn't seem like a sword that was made around here. And, uh, you know, he's kind of brushed it off cause there, there's definitely something about it. I, I think we will learn more because um, he is still here. And I don't know. I feel like, especially with that moment of him, of him kind of, you know, of him him, him killing Gardar and then being like, hey, you, you still want to fight? You, still, you know, you're going to avenge him. Um, you know, I feel like there is something more to him, especially with next episode. We saw a little bit of the preview. I, I normally don't look at previews, but sometimes, you know, a couple seconds kind of you know, you know, sneaks its way into your vision, and, uh, it looks like maybe next episode we're seeing more, uh, we're finally getting to Kettle and his family, you know, they, they left on the boat, they were escaping Canute, all that stuff, um, you know, so maybe, I mean, I guess it probably won't be focused on Snake, but I think things are starting to come together, and at some point, unless I just kill Snake off, I feel like Snake is due for some backstory, and where he is, because, you know, we've seen him a lot this season, um, but anyway, I, I thought the fight was great. Um, you know, they they were pretty much matching each other, uh, you know, pretty evenly. I would say that Snake even had an advantage. He did have a weapon, but n none of them were really backing down. Snake did get him, though, at the end. Um, again, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I mean, it's like the whole like main character syndrome, right, where you always fight for the main character. But I, I do feel like if Thorfinn <laughs> was a little more, uh, little a little less rusty, I think, uh, I think he would have taken Snake out, but I also don't think that he, you know, Thorfinn's not the same person, not only with the rust factor, but also just with his, his mindset, right, like, in, in season one, <laughs> he was ready to kill, right, he was, he was, he was a warrior in war, uh, you know, he's ready to take anyone out, now, not really like that, he even took a vow to never, what, like, hurt anyone ever again, so even this was kind of crazy for him, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just need to get you kind of batting for your favorite character, I guess, um, and then, like I said, Snake did kill Gardar, uh, that was, 
I, I, for a second, I think they, they faked you out. For a second, yeah, I, you didn't really know that he was going to do that. I think you thought for like, maybe he would say, ah, you know, just, just get him, get him out of here or something. But no, I mean, he, he makes a good point where again, you know, I feel like this is something that comes up maybe in other stories where, you know, the main character's like, no, can't you just let him go? And sometimes maybe that works, but with this, he gives a really, um, like grounded answer where he's like, he killed five of my men. Like, are, like, are you saying that he's worth more than all those lives that he took? You know, and he even said, like, you know, these people, they're not, you know, even me, me and my people, we're not like these incredible human beings. But is he still worth f more than five of these human lives that are, that are that are gone? You know, they may have had families, they may have had, you know, friends, people that cared about them. We did, right? So, like, is... Oh, jeez. You know, is is Gardar worth all that? And it really makes you think, because it's like, well, I mean, no. <laughs> He's not worth more than that. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's that classic thought process where it's like, well, he matters to us, <laughs> you know? And, like, that's why we're batting for him, because, you know, he's our, you know, husband or whatever. Where those those are the five people he killed. We don't really care about them, but that's not fair because then you have to look at it on the other side, where Snake does care about those people and he does not care about Gardar. So in his mind, even killing Gardar is not enough. <laughs> you know, one life is not worth five lives. Um, but it's great because you know even even Thorfinn and Arnheid are like, yeah, no, we can't. Because again, in, in other stories, we would have Thorfinn and Arnheid still fighting and being like, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, he did this, he did that. You know, but in this, they're like, no, you're right. <laughs> You're right, we're just we're just getting emotional and that's why we're we're saying the things we're saying. Um and then we thought he killed him. Turns out he didn't die yet and Snake uh was getting choked out by Gardar, which was I thought was crazy. <laughs> For a second I was like, did he miss? <laughs> was there like some like armor or something he had in his chest? Um but no, he was choking him out. And Arna had stopped him. And uh, you know, we do have this this nice, very, very peaceful um, I mean, somewhat chaotic, but for the most part, very peaceful send off to Gardar where, uh, you know, he was, I guess, kind of having, you know, with what you say when you feel you die, right? Where your life flashes before your eyes. That's kind of what was happening to him where he was remembering some very key moments of his life, especially to do with their, their kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He's kind of reliving all that. And, you know, Arnheid was like lying to him and it was a part of you where like Gardar probably knows that it was lying, but she was setting up the scenario that like, oh no, our kid's okay, and your you know your brother's taking care of him. We we should go there right now. Even Spherical was like, take my you know take my carriage, <laughs> or was it wagon? You know, go go to your family and everything. But it's like, no, you're you're really gonna die. But we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of play this out so that um, you know we don't you know we don't have to face facts <laughs> of what's actually happening here. Um, and I, I thought it was really nice. Again, they they did a good job making you at least a little bit care about this character that you only knew last episode. Um, you know, me personally didn't get too attached to him, but, you know, I do like the, the kind of story they're telling and also how they are trying to play with, um, how they're trying to play with morality, which we've already kind of seen that a little bit, especially with Kettle and his family. Um, but it's just like, you know, was Kettle a bad person? You know, who, you know, whose side do you side with? Because at this point, you know, we're, we're all in on Thorfinn and Aenor. 
and Arnhide and then Gardar comes in and kills some people and you you, you want to not like him at the beginning because he's just killing people but then you see oh no he's also a slave just like Thorfinn and Einar and Arnhide and you know he's just trying to get back to his family so it's like oh he's actually a good person and then that kind of makes your turn on Snake even though I kind of don't, I also don't feel like Snake is necessarily a bad person, he's just doing his job, um, you know, if he, and, and also the people that Gardar killed were, I mean, they also weren't, <clears throat> you know, like, Snake's people, they're not, they're not the owners of Gardar, Thorfinn, Anar, etc., like, they're just hired help to protect the farm, so, like, you can't be mad at them for the whole situation, right? Like, you'd be mad at Kettle and other people and all the different handlers and stuff that kind of, you know, uh, give the, you know, give all the rest of the slaves a really hard time. But Snake and them aren't really them. I mean, they were at the very beginning, but then Snake kind of shut that down and was like, hey, we're not, you know, we're not doing that. Um, so, yeah, and then it's like, I mean, he did kill five of our people, like, this is our job we have to protect you know he killed a bunch of people he's coming in here you can't just do that um following the rules almost you know so um but yeah yeah i mean i don't really blame snake i'm not really mad at him you know i think that he, he's just doing his job and um i think it's gonna be really interesting when kettle and uh, and his family come back i'm really interested in the next episode i mean this episode was great right watching them fight um you know watching the the, the conclusion like the full arc of Gardar and Arnhide, um, you know, I thought, I thought that was great, but, uh, they're just setting up a good next episode, too, with Kettle and his sons and all that, um, you know, I would, I would hope that they come back next episode, I mean, because I feel, you know, I wonder what it's actually going to be, because I don't think there's a whole lot to tell with just their, their, uh, their travels, right, because they just, because right now, last we saw them, they were on a boat getting away from Canute, um, so unless there's some interesting story to tell there, whether on the boat or they make stops along the way, I don't know how long it's going to take, um, you know, to get from where they were back to the farm. Um, it'd be nice. I mean, again, like that's, you know, that's what I feel like we're waiting for. Again, you know, we're, we're closing in on, you know, really just the whole season in general. Um, we're about halfway with, with a lot of these shows, um, you know, from the, with, with the actual current shows, not this one, but with the current ones, we're anywhere from like episode four to episode six. So we're kind of, we're kind of getting close there, but, um, I mean, even with this show, right, 17, there's 24, I believe, there's seven episodes left in the season, so, you know, I feel like we are getting really close to everything kind of coming together, I feel like I've said that a bunch, but, um, you know, with Kittle and them coming back to the farm and kind of everything that's happened while they were gone getting relayed to them, I think is going to be huge, because, um, I mean, think of everything, right, like, the whole Gardar situation, um, what's going on with Snake, what's going on with Spherical, you know, like, they don't even know that, you know, Kettle doesn't even know that his dad is dying, <laughs> um, you know, uh, what else, uh, I can't think of anything else, but, you know, like, then, you know, there, there, there's a ton of stuff, there's a ton of stuff happening, you know, um, and also them coming back with their baggage of, like, hey, pretty sure, pretty sure Canute <laughs> is going to try to kill us all, so that's something, so yeah, um, good episode. Very much enjoyed that. Next, we got Hell's Paradise, episode six. Uh, this one was cool. This one, we got the fight with Gabimaru and Rakuroda, um, and also some other good stuff, too. Um, 
nothing too crazy, but it was, I mean, it's always good to have a good fight. And we had some development with, um, with Sigiri, so that's always good as well. Um, so yeah, we had Gabimaru coming in, just kicking, just kicking the life out of, out of this giant man. He, he shrugged it off, but in the moment, it was really cool. You know, Mappa, I feel like does a really good job with their, um, with their fight scenes. I mean, a lot of Mappa shows are very action heavy, um, you know, because we got, uh, I mean, actually Vinland Saga, we just talked about his Mappa. They do a good job there. Um, that took over like the latter half of Attack on Titan, which I think they do a really good job. Um, don't they also do, uh, shoot, what's the show called? Um, Jujutsu Kaisen. They do that one as well, which has good fights in it. Um, Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man, they, there was a couple fights in Chainsaw Man where they just went crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so that was, that was really cool. Um, and yeah, like, I, you know, I like the whole fight because I feel like Gabimaru, I feel like they're doing a good job of, of building him up as just like the ultimate, like, machine you know, where it's like, oh, all these criminals are really, really good at fighting, but Gabimaru is like a, a shinobi, and he's on another level. Where it's like, he, you really don't want to mess with this man. Um, I mean, there are some other characters that are still alive, some other criminals that are still alive that we haven't really seen fight. Like like the one, I didn't write her name down because she wasn't super important in this episode, but the one, uh, you know, the one girl that they're, that they're kind of like teaming up with. Uh, she wears purple. I think her hair is purple, too. Um... Like, we haven't really seen her. I imagine she's really nice, too. But, uh, you know, they, they kind of built Gamimaru up as, like, the man. As, like, you don't, like, no one wants to mess with him. Like, he will he will kill everyone if he has to. Um, but, you know, I like how now they have this giant, Rakuroda, who isn't super skilled, but he is just, like, a tank. Like, he is a monster. You know, like, even, you know, he's, you know, Gamimaru's using all of his moves and... You know, uh, he was like, oh, like, like the like the sword thing with his with his fabric was as hard as steel and he still couldn't cut him. So it's like, what is, you know, what is all this skill and strength too? Like, I remember not just skill, like he's he's very strong as well. Very fast. He's he's everything. Right. But like, how how does he fare against just a literal mountain? <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter how skilled you are, how strong you are, how fast you are. Like if you try to take a sword to a mountain you might chip it a little bit but it's a mountain you know it's a little you know <laughs> like you know how big and strong mountains are it's 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 the earth right um you know so that was cool to see you know because i feel like that's something that a lot of like battle shonen have to do and sometimes they don't do it super well but um you know there's a point which you have a character who might be super strong you might even have op characters and they're like okay well what do we do to make them uh you know still make them interesting you know, because if they just win everything, it's it's not fun. You know, there's very few shows that the main character just wins, like never takes an L ever, and it's still fun to watch. Like One Punch Man, for example, um, or even Mob Psycho. I guess there is the same author for for both of the manga there. But you know, you know, those are the first two that come to mind. Where it's just like, yeah, they just win, like never really lose, uh, but it's still fun to watch. Uh, I mean, those two shows are very different reasons as to why they're still fun. Um, yeah it's very 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 few stories can can do that and so uh most don't you know most most go for something like this where okay we've seen Gabimaru fight we've seen him you know uh you know completely overpower Sigiri and we know that she's maybe uh, up until that point she's maybe not the best 
um, which changes this episode, which we'll talk about, but maybe not the best, but she still is one of the, one of the Yamada, a Simon or whatever. Um, so she's still like, you know, she, you know, she's nothing to scoff at, you know, but, but she is, you know, um, you know, and we've seen him take out a couple other people as well. So it's like, okay, are we just going to see him win all the time? And then, so what do you do? You introduce a giant like this, who is just impenetrable, right? You just, you just can't beat him. Um, so it was cool, you know, it's a, you know, again, it's always nice to see the main character. Again, I don't really feel like I'm lost, but it is nice to see them struggle to see how they overcome it. Um, and then we realized that all he needed was Sigiri. Um, you know, and then this is kind of the episode where we do fully learn that Sigiri is the best. Like she really is the best. Um, you know, we, it could be kind of a roller coaster with her. Uh, you know, we saw her in the, the beginning, like the first episode or two where, um, she was, she was crazy, right? Um, we're like, oof, okay, the, like she, she's nothing to mess with. And then we saw her fight Gabimaru again, kind of more for real. And Gabimaru kind of washed the floor with her. And then, you know, there's more of the doubt in her, like other people talk about her, of like she doesn't really have the heart for this. Um, you know, her, you know, she lets her emotions get in the way, which part of the, the Yamada clan or whatever you're not supposed to. You know, it's like the one thing you're supposed to steal yourself. And do what you got to do, right? I mean, it's, it's very similar to Shinobi, right? You know, doesn't Gabimaru talk about this as well? Where like, he's just a killing machine. Like, you know, he can't, he can't let anything else get in the way. He can't let his heart get in the way of his mind. But then we come back to this episode and it's like, oh no, she is like, when everything aligns for her, when she's focused, when her heart and her mind do align and they have the same goals, um, she is the best. Like she is, she's better than first rate. Um, which, which is why she's so dangerous and you know she you know she's the one that helps take out Rakuroda. um they they kind of cheat a little bit <laughs> which i thought was funny where they don't they, they don't really beat him they just kind of set the forest on fire <laughs> like take away his oxygen like poison him basically uh but you know it, it's smart right you know you, you got to use it's not only brute strength sometimes you gotta you gotta use your mind you gotta fight smarter not harder and they're able to beat him that way Sigiri beheads him and it's like, okay, all right, we got this. I'm very interested to know, I haven't really been keeping tabs. Very interested to know how many people are left. Because I know we have Gamimaru and Sigiri, right? We have the purple lady and her, like, what they call him? Like a, like a, like a raccoon dog. <laughs> uh, we got them. And then we have the, like, the, like, brother thing where... The criminal and the Asaimon are brothers, I think, which is weird. Um, I don't know who else other than that, though. We might be pretty close. Like that, that might be it, honestly. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else that's even left at this point. Um, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, we got the very end where they did find a village, uh, which is cool. I guess there might be a possibility of them hiding out, maybe people there. So we can kind of look into that. So that's kind of building up next episode, and then uh, and then we have the two like uh, the two like brother people who are uh, who are there, and they find these other two. I think they were both. I think they were both women. I think I couldn't really tell. Because um, at first I thought they were, and I was like, no, I think one's a dude, and then I don't know. But they were they were doing something <laughs> at the top of the. I forget what it was. It was just some, some kind of building. I don't know. But it's like, are they real? Were they real? Were they, uh... I mean, because they both saw him, right? And what I, what I mean by are they real, is like, are they actual humans, or were they, like, weird spirit monster things? 
but they were both like, what's going on? <laughs> we're, 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 what's, what's going on out there? So that, I'm sure that'll be, that you know, that'll be a big thing next episode as well to see what's going on with them. But it does kind of line up with the previous thing of like, there, there's a village. So, um, yeah, so good stuff. Good stuff. We got another cool fight scene and uh, some more mysteries here. The, the village is like them finding people on this island would be huge. Um, like if there are actual humans there that are staying or if there's maybe humanoid again, like spirits or something that they can converse with. Because um, we're, all, we're all trying to find that elixir. So uh, Next, we got Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world, episode 5. Um, yeah, this one was cool. This did actually include the moment that I mentioned um, with Megumin and Union. So that was huge. And that was pretty much the biggest moment here like that kind of shift and i think there's going to be a that is going to cause actually a huge shift in the show to see what what happens now um but we'll we'll get to that um so we do have a nice little fun opening here where komeko kind of makes friends with this demon <laughs> it's like oh interesting okay um again this is just another fun thing about this world where they do kind of mess about with the uh i don't know with just like the like attitude of certain characters where it's like oh yeah there's just like crazy strong demon you imagine he says he's like the right hand man to whoever and just he's just chilling you know he's just making friends with this little girl um you know like you know you know komeko's super smart i guess she like built the the lock sphere thing you know and, and gave it to him <laughs> um so that was cool you know i'm sure we'll see that come back around at some point but, um, yes, that was fun. And then, uh, let me really get into it, right? So we have Komeko and Inky are gone. Megumin, super quick to just accept that, that, that Inky is a lost cause. And it's like, yeah, hey, you should, <laughs> you should, you should put a little more effort in. You should have a little more faith. You should try to save her. Um, but then we got Komeko, we got the Komeko situation. And this is something that I mentioned last episode of like, I think this might be where they do it. Um, cause you remember if you watched, uh, I think it was... I think it was maybe the movie the konosuba movie that, that talked about this because i think the movie was when they went back right i think and um you know megumin does mention uh you know her kind of relationship with union and there's like a flashback and uh you know we you know she kind of explains what happens here where it's like hey there was a moment where you know kameko was in danger and i could have saved her but i didn't want to learn any types of magic other than explosion magic um so you know you know she kind of froze and then union saw this and decided to learn magic learn some basic magic or whatever to to save komeko and you know that's that's kind of why megumin can never fully well well i mean what we learn here is that they never really hate each other you know they are like rivals quote unquote but they you know it's more of like a sibling rivalry than an actual like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you rivalry, um, you know. But that's something where it's like Megumin probably feels uh, e uh, eternally in debt to Union because she doesn't, and, and you know she you know she kind of gives everything up. Um, you know, because you know, that's the whole thing here, right? Where I mentioned it when it when it came about, but now we actually have the moment where um, you know Union wanted to learn advanced magic. But now it's going to take her a lot longer to do so 
because she had to learn some like basic magic in this moment to save Komeko. But now that she learned some real magic, she's going to graduate, which means that she doesn't have an easy way to get skill points. Um, I, I forget exactly what, what it's called, the like, the like potion stuff that they're given whenever they do well in school or whatever and like and like that's a super easy way for you to level up and get and like and like hoard like the points and the experience and all that but now that she learned that magic she has to graduate and she can't do that anymore so now the only way that she can level up is by fighting actual monsters and it's going to take a lot longer um it's like a lot longer you know you know people aren't going to super respect her because she has like low level like like she graduated with like super low level uh like spells and stuff so it's gonna like it really set her back from you know from where her goals were to be but she did it all for megumin because she could see megumin struggling of like because because megumin is also in the same boat where if she learned something else she would have not been able to learn explosion magic in that moment and then she would have had to she would have graduated and then it would have taken her forever to get enough skill points again to learn explosion magic and you know what i mean like it would have it would have been really bad for her as well you know kind of the same boat but with explosion magic rather than the advanced you know the other advanced magic that union was trying to learn so she she sacrificed a lot in that moment um you know uh which is which is great you know again i, I love their relationship so um you know and then move on the episode they destroy the monsters which is cool um you know, Megumin has a funny moment where she believes that Inky is the thing that's actually been drawing all the monsters to them. Because she was like, oh, they're they're drawn to my power, right? Like, I'm so powerful that they, like, a magnet. But it's like, maybe, maybe it's Inky. Because then she looks back and she's like, wow, every time that I was attacked by crazy strong monsters or demons or whatever, Inky was always with me. <laughs> you know, so I thought, I thought that was funny. Um, and then we do have a moment where she... Um, she does finally learn explosion magic she finally does it right because there's like a million winged gargoyles coming at them and the teachers aren't aware that this is happening exactly um and union is, is spent right like she used all of her magic she can't really do anything anymore um and so uh and so so megumin takes all of her points and learns just the explosion magic she masters it and uh she goes crazy <laughs> takes out like a hundred gargoyles um, and it's awesome. It's, it's, really, it's really cool to finally see that moment, and it's like they've they've done it, right? Um, they graduate. Uh, she renames Inky to Chomsky. I don't I don't know what that's for, uh, but it's cool. And uh, yeah, this is this is a big moment there. You know, like I said, it's gonna kind of reshape what I feel like the rest of the show is gonna be because they are graduating, or they they already did graduate, right? And so it's like, I wonder what's going to happen now because Megumin does mention wanting to leave and kind of, you know, go on adventures and, you know, get more experience and fight monsters and level up her explosion magic and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we do have a, a funny moment at the very end, too, where they go see the one Crimson Demon again and, you know, the one that can tell the future. And uh, she tells the future about Megumin, like, joining a party and getting in all adventures and stuff like that. Um and then she has a funny thing where she's like, "Oh, they're very capable." And then she looked, look, she's you know keeps looking at the at the at the future visions, and she's like, "Ooh." <laughs> and then she like covers it up, and Megumin's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And it's funny because you know she's probably, you know, at the very beginning she probably saw a lot of the, you know, a lot of the winds that 
that Megumin and, and you know and her future crew have, and then she starts looking at more and more of it. And she's like, mm, this is a very interesting party <laughs> that Megumin joins, you know, because they're obviously referencing the main show, the main Konosuba show, where you know you know Megumin joins them. And I don't, I never remember the main character's name. I know there's Aqua and there's Power. Uh, I don't I remember the main character's name. It's like it's like Kuro or something, I think. Um, and, and it's also funny because, um, you know, they're doing a very Konosuba thing where, you know, Konosuba is obviously very comedic and they have their, their fun little, like, gags, almost like meta comedy as well. Where, like, in the moment where uh, where they were telling the future, they had the, the crystal ball blurred. <laughs> they're like, hey, we're not going to show any of this. Um, I thought that was cool. But yeah, but anyway, the whole, like, turning point, I feel like, is really huge because what is the rest of the show going to be, right? Because we're up to five episodes. Uh, presumably there's seven more. So I wonder if, like... You know, because I don't think this show... I imagine this might only be, like, a like a single season type deal. So, like, I don't think that this show is going to get... To, like, like maybe the final episode will be Megumin meeting up with her crew. Like, her, her, her party that we see in in the main show. Um, but up until that point, like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, she, she did mention, like, still needing to kind of save up money to leave. So maybe we will see her in Union, maybe have some adventures, fighting some monsters, all that stuff. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, next, we got Dr. Stone, New World, Episode 5. Um, and this is actually one of the shows that I dropped. Um, I still really enjoy the show. I think the problem for me is that it is unfortunately just one of the shows that isn't super exciting to watch every every week um you know like i said you know i did kind of come into the season wanted to be just a little bit harsher just a little bit more uh more selective with the shows that i pick and i cover because you know like i mentioned at the top there are so many good shows like so many shows that come out pretty much every season that are just really good but then there's also shows that are great. And if I were to cover every show that's good, we'd be covering like 20 shows every season. I just can't do that, right? It's just too much, too much time. You know, we can't make a three-hour episode every week, you know. So it just, it just doesn't really work. Um, <clears throat> you know, and the show did did make the cut for, you know, the past month or so. But, um, you know, I think, especially for another isekai, you know, I want to only... <coughs> I want to only cover shows that I'm excited to watch every week. So yeah, and uh, Dr. Stone is not it. Oh man, I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> so Dr. Stone just not it, you know, you know, Dr. Stone, I mean, it's, it's cool, you know, I like that they are seeming like getting closer and closer to the whole big mystery of the petrification, um, but it's just taking a long time to get there, and it is a lot of just, like, collecting stuff, and I'm just like, ah, it's cool, like, it's cool when they get new advancements, but at this point, you know, I feel like the first season and the first two seasons really were a lot more fun, because it is, like, firsts. In a lot of stuff, but with this one, it just feels like they're 
I don't know. I just it's like like but the magic of it. I feel like is worn off. I'm just like oh, I don't really care anymore. Honestly, you know, I don't I don't super care at this point. You know, I mean, it's cool. They're like, oh, we're getting oil, oh, we're getting iron, oh, we're getting blah blah. I'm just like, yeah, cool. But like, I, I don't know. It's it's getting a lot more slice of lifey in the sense that it's like, oh, stuff is just kind of happening, and like that's where we start dipping into the type of show that I am not excited to watch. So like, I don't want to watch stuff just happen. Like, even with slice of life shows, I feel like they still have a goal, and this one does. You know, I'm going. I'll, I'll give it that. It does have a goal with again the whole petrification mystery, but. I don't know. I just feel like it's taken forever and just not super, <laughs> just not super into it, you know? So, you know, again, it's still a show. I'll probably still watch it and, uh, you know, have a, have a good time, but I don't think it's exciting enough. I'm not as eager, um, you know, enough to cover it and actually talk about it every week. So fortunately I had to drop it. Next, we got Tony Kawa, Over the Moon for You, Season 2, Episode 5. And, uh, yeah, this is also the other one. I mentioned that there are two shows that were dropping, and uh, this is this is the other one. Um, kind of for the same reasons, I'll say. Um, you know, again, it's still, still good. I'm still enjoying the show. Um, I mean, this one is actually one that I mentioned last week about, like, it's just not doing enough, you know, again, very similar to Dr. Stone, where I feel like the first season was really good, I really enjoyed it, but they're just kind of doing more of that this season, and for the most part, that's, that's, that's usually never a bad thing, you know, like I said, this season, not bad, I'm not, I'm not, like, disliking it, but it's like, the first season, I feel like everything they're doing worked, because it was a lot of firsts, it was like, okay, we're, you know, we're getting married, this is crazy, you know, we barely know each other, you know, moving in, that's exciting, you know, um, trying to get, like, like, the, like, the sleeping arrangement was, was very funny, and, you know, meeting some of the characters, you know, uh, you know, on both Nasa's side and Tsukasa's side, very interesting, very funny, um, and season two was just more of that, where there are a lot of just same, like, firsts of, like, oh, we're getting to know, you know, we're dealing with, uh, you know, Nasa, you know, we're, we're really dealing with Nasa's uh, like work ethic and stuff and kind of how that maybe interferes and in how like Sukasa has to move, maneuver around that and like fight for his attention you know we have um you know but there's even just more of like oh we're learning more about Sukasa like movies and it's like okay yeah well, I mean we kind of already knew that um you know it's cool I mean, like we got you know we got the episode where Nasa like was like watching her watch a movie and it's like oh that's very sweet but it's like how much do I care you know like even like his his friend or whatever came in and that was funny but it's like ah, I don't really care too much um you know and then even like the, the like kiss placement or whatever that uh what's 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 her name like kind of day or something like yeah that was that was cool but it's still like it's still just kind of an extension off of what i feel like multiple different scenes that we saw in the first season so again doing more of the same thing is not is usually not a bad thing and again I, I don't think it's a bad season but it is just like more of the same thing and like it doesn't really work as well because it's now season two and we're getting this stuff like i would i would really like there to be more of um you know it's already kind of what i mentioned but you know i kind of wish there was more of a like an arc like something they were working towards you know um again this is slice of life a lot of slice of life doesn't have that necessarily but um, 
I don't know. I, I, I think that does work to its detriment in the sense that still good, but um, doesn't hit as hard as the first season. So again, very similar to Doctor Stone, where it's like it's still good, still enjoying it, but it doesn't. It's it's not hitting as hard because they're just kind of doing the same thing. And Doctor Stone does have more of a overarching goal, but it's taken forever. So um, yeah, still probably gonna watch it, but not with as much haste, and definitely not on here, unfortunately. But next, we do have a show that I think is working very, very well. Very excited to watch this every week. Uh, My Love Story with Yamada Kun at level 999, episode 5. Um, yeah, this one opens up, and this is obvious. This is a huge, just like, episode B to last week's episode A, right? Um, and yeah, I was right. It was all a ruse. This is something that we mentioned, that we talked about. You know, it, it, it just seemed too good to be true that Runa was like, oh, yeah, well you know, sorry, apologizing, let's, let's make up for it, let's, you know, let, let's hang out or something, you know, there, there was that, you know, we, we talked about this, where there was that, uh, that, like, hesitancy, where it's like, ah, is it, is it real, like, is she really apologizing, is she setting her up for something, and it was, she was setting her up, it's very sad, you know, and then, uh, and then we figure it out, and Yamada is very concerned for her, because, and it's rightfully so, where it's like, you set her up with a stranger, like, that that's dangerous, like, who, who is this person, like, do, do we know what's gonna happen, you know, we don't know how dangerous, but still, like, that's not cool, you know, that we have everyone freaking out, you know, um, you know, Yamada's concerned, as we just mentioned, we have we have, uh, Takizo, he's freaking out, which is very funny, it's very, you know, it's very cute, where he's just like, you know, because he's like, he's like an older dude, and he's, you know, not quite like dad energy, but definitely like, I don't know, more like grandpa energy, where he's like, everything, right, <laughs> so he's, he's really freaking out, um, even Ata comes in, and he's, he's very concerned, and then he kind of goes up on, on him, I'm gonna write the dude's name down, but, you know, you know, Ata like takes him by the tie and he's like very scary, <laughs> very, very concerned. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I just love that in general that, you know, they barely I mean, Yamada more so. But, um, you know, Ata and Takizo barely know Akane and they're already like all in on her where she's like, no, she's part of our guild. She's our friend. Like we're we, we've accepted her like, you know, like she is now someone that we care about. Um, which was very cool, you know, and, you know, I feel like something that, that Akane definitely needs because, you know, she does have, like, her one friend, but other than that, we don't really see her hang out with anyone, so her having this guild of people that really care about her is, is, is nice, it's cool, you know, I mean, they truly do, right, they're not just internet friends, and I think we do mess around with that a little bit, that, that idea with, uh, with Runa, right, where Runa doesn't have any friends, but, you know, she comes back, she says, well, I have 300 online friends, and it's like, but how much are they your friends? This is something that, you know, gets talked about in real life, too, where it's like, you know, like social media and your followers, like, oh, I have 5,000 followers and whatever. And it's like, yeah, but they're not your friends, though. You know, like they, you know, you know, like how much do they know you? How much would they, would they bat for you in real life? It's like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, right? So it's kind of the same thing here where it's like, oh, no, she's actually trying, like, you know, even, uh, even Ata talks about this where she's like, where, where he's like, Akane tried to be your friend, like your real friend in real life, and you kind of 
you did this to her. Whereas you're over here, like, preciously holding on to these fake friends online, you know? And then and that kind of hits her a little bit, you know? And then uh, and then we do have a nice moment where, where Akane is just the best. Um, you know, she kind of gets rid of everyone and she saves, at least in the moment, she saves Runa from getting lectured. And she just kind of brushes over everything. She's like, oh, what level are you? Oh, we should we should go hunting together and and Runa kind of breaks down and you know she you know she admits that she's trying to get rid of her and you know we have that very emotional scene um and and, and it's great you know because I like that Runa did admit everything um you know we see and even from that I feel like we sort of knew that Akane sort of knew what was happening you know she didn't think I mean at the very least she she definitely didn't think it was cool that she kind of, that Runa bailed on her and, and left her from, for some stranger. Um, even in that moment, she's like, ah, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to lecture you. You know, I, I came today because I wanted to get to know you. I wanted to get closer to you. Um, you know, so that's what we should do. You know, and I love that Runa broke down and she was crying and she was very apologetic. And, uh, you know, again, that's, the, that's very main character of Akane, where the main character is always the one that can affect everyone and, you know, change everyone, and, um, you know, get, get, get through to certain characters, and so that, that's really what she did, um, and we even see at the end where, you know, Runa's, like, crying, and, you know, and, you know, Akane is giving her tissues and all that, and Yamada ate the Takizo, like, they all see her, and it's like, oh, man, that's, she's doing it, you know, she, you know, she, you know, she's able to do it, so, um, yeah, I thought that was very nice, it's, and, you know, again, more, more acceptance of the guild, um, I imagine there's still going to be probably a part of Runa that, I don't know, a little bit of a rivalry maybe where it's like, oh, but you're still, you know, ah, you're still getting close to my brother or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think it'd be cool to get more into like the game aspect of everything, um, you know, with them all being together to guild. Like we still haven't seen Takizo or Runa in the game. So it'd be cool. Maybe next episode we'll see a little bit of that, um, them kind of playing together. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I definitely do think that Yamada and Akane are getting closer, like, even in that moment with them seeing Runa and Akane together, um, you know, Yamada was kind of staring, and, and, you know, I think some stuff was kind of, some gears were turning in his head of, like, wow, you know, she was even able to, to kind of get over that, you know, I mean, I, I mean, even the whole setup for this, for this episode was, um, you know, Yamada being very concerned for her, and even being like, wow, I wonder... You know, you know, because even like uh, him talking to Aita and whatever, and Aita being like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna come over to the manga, and he was like, oh, so we're still doing with our, we're still doing our, our same schedule, and Aita was like, yeah, 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 of course, why, why wouldn't we? And again, like years turning, and Yamada said of like, but I'm pretty sure, so I'm tutoring Runa today, but isn't Runa supposed to be out with Akane? And then him even asking her like, don't, don't you have somewhere to be today? Runa being like, no. She's like, hmm, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, again, great episode. Love it. You know, love that Akane was able to get through to Runa and kind of uh, smooth that out. And, uh, yeah, I'm just to see what next episode is. Hopefully them been playing together. That'd be cool. And, uh, Yamada and Akane getting closer. Uh, next, we got Skipping Loafer, episode 5. Um, yeah, this was great. This was, uh, some Igashira development, which, uh, you know, I have, definitely have thoughts on. 
and uh, some uh, some Shima, some Shima stuff as well. So uh, we got Shima and Igashira helping Iwakara with volleyball. Rekashi sucks, and so it's like, ah, oh, we'll help her out because we got the whole tournament, the class tournament thing. Um, we got Igashira feeling that Iwakara hasn't had to has, well, hasn't had to put in the work, and like that right there is where we'll we'll just full stop because that I didn't I didn't really like that because. You know, because her whole thing there is like, oh, you know, I've had to put in all this work to get to a point in which I could be wanted, right? Because we have back, we have some flashbacks to her and how she was like, you know, how like she had to lose a lot of weight, um, how she like does her own skincare and like the makeup and whatever to like look better, uh, whatever, right? All the, you know, all this stuff, you know, work on her athleticism to be, you know to be popular in that regard, all, all this stuff, right, um, which is, you know, which is cool, you know, we've, we've, we've seen that before in stories of, like, oh, you know, like, so like she she's having to put in the work to better herself and make herself more comfortable with who she is, and then also to, uh, you know, to get to other people to do that as well. My problem with that, though, is that you complaining that Iwakura doesn't have to do any of that for her to be liked by Shima, right? For her to, you know, for, you know, for Shima to, to, to notice her. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's not a, you can't blame Iwakura for that though. Like, because she, like her, her saying that, saying, oh, you don't have to put in the work. That to me, like you're trying, like that's equivalent, or at least you're trying to make that equivalent to, um, to like, to someone who has grown up in a rich family um, and just gets everything handed to them, right? It's like, oh, well, your your family is rich. Like, you're just going to inherit their business and you're going to be rich. You don't have to put in any work, you know? Like, they're, like, your life was set before you were born. Like, that sort of thing. Like, in that sense, okay, fine. Yes, you can, you know, you can make that comparison and say your life has been handed to you. You've had to do literally nothing your whole life and you're going to be fine until the day you die because of nothing you've ever done because of your, 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 your parents, right? But that's not this scenario. Like, like Iwakura is just herself and Shima just likes that, you know? Like, he, he's drawn to her. Like, he, you know, they're just friends, you know? Like, that's just how friendships work. So, like, you being like, oh, yeah, I've had to put in all this work so I can even walk up to Shima and be noticed by him and maybe have some sort of connection to him and be his friend or be more than his friend like yeah but that's not really a fair comparison though because you're also saying that you've had to put in all this work for someone to notice you like for someone that's not really you or you know what I mean like you're putting all this work for something that so that other people could care about but like if you if if people, I don't know, it's, it's very cliche, but, like, if people don't like the real you and they only like the you that you've had to put all this work into, like, maybe they're not really your friends, maybe they don't really care about you, you know, I mean, obviously, there are certain parts of yourself that you can better, um, just to be a better person, but you, you know, there being the flashbacks of, like, you losing weight and stuff, it's like, if, if weight <laughs> is a factor for someone being your friend, don't really think they're your friend, I don't really think they're fully your friend, there must be something else, some other ulterior motive that they have, you know, like, because that's, that to me shouldn't really determine friendship, um, like, how you look, that doesn't really make sense to me, um, you know, it's like that right there, where it's like, oh, she hasn't had to put in this work to get noticed by him, it's like, 
well, why should she, you know? Um, but again, you know, it's just her, her own insecurities. She's kind of projecting them, which is not cool, but I understand why it's happening. But, you know, I just... I just don't like that she's like putting in all this work. Like I've had to, I've had to do all this work to get to the point where I'm at, and you just waltz in and become his friend. It's like I don't know. Like she's not like stealing you, stealing him from you. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't like you, doesn't like you like that. There's, there's nothing. You know. I don't know. I just, I, I just had a real issue with that. And then like we do get to the point further in the episode where Iwakura called out those guys from bumping into Igashira. Um, you know, and then they kind of just ignore her, and then another guy comes in and calls them out as well and they're able to you know they're like oh whatever and then they finally walk away and you know whatever right and my issue with that so on, on top of that Igashira has this moment in her head where she learns those two dudes names that bumped into her and was mean to her and you know whatever and she like puts them on her list her mental list of people that have wronged her and she's going to destroy their lives basically right and then we have the flip of that where um Iwakura learned the name of the dude who stuck up for them and you know he you know she has this whole internal monologue where she's like wow that's the difference between me and Iwakura where I learn people's names who wrong her so that she can like take revenge at some point whereas Iwakura learns the names of people that were nice to her so she can you know, pay them back at some point, or maybe get to know them better, or whatever, right, and, like, I just, I don't need Igashira to be redeemed, you know, I don't need her to become their best friend, or whatever, like, that happens in all types of shows, all types of movies, whatever, stories, books, all that stuff, where the person who was mean to them, and was really trying to use them, um, get, you know, gets redeemed, um, you know, and I'm definitely a hypocrite when it comes to that sentiment, like, there's definitely some shows out there where the, the school bully or whatever, you know, bullies the main character, and then they eventually come around, and they're best friends or whatever, and I love it, right, but, like, in this moment, I don't need that, like, there, like, there's part of me where it's just, like, she could just be a bad person, she can just be the person that's on the outside and keep trying to get in and, you know, like, I don't need her life to be ruined, but she could just be, like, a, 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 a platonic friend, like, she doesn't need to eventually be, oh, her and Iwakura are best friends and they're hanging out all the time, like, we've accepted her, like, we don't really need that, like, they can just be in the middle somewhere, because, like, as this was happening, I was like, oh, they're gonna redeem her character, she's gonna, she's gonna learn and then she's not going to go after Shima anymore, and she's going to learn about that, like, oh, she clearly doesn't like her, uh, just, I just don't need it, you know, I, I just don't need that to be, like, a huge arc <laughs> in this show, like, it's, it's not necessary, you know, I mean, you know, even, even on top of that, you know, they kind of have, like, a very frank conversation where it's like, oh, don't, like, I, I've clearly been mean to you or whatever, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, I feel like you were harsh at times, but, you know, you don't, what did she say? Like, you don't, you don't mince your words. So I felt like you'd be a good teacher because you wouldn't mince your words when it came to teaching me volleyball and you would, you know, you'd actually do it rather than just saying like, oh, you're doing fine. 
<sighs> and we have the moment where she's like, ah, you know, that, that kind of hits her a little bit and she starts taking it even more seriously and, you know, Shima kind of cheers her on or whatever. I'm just like, ah, I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's just a little too cliche for me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't need Igashira to join the friend group. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily need that for the story to do well for me. Again, I'm sure it's going to happen because it's, it's, you know, very nice. And it's also very indicative of Iwakura's character. So I feel like more than anything, that's kind of the route they're going to take with it. Like, oh, you know, you know, Iwakura, you know, you know, because I feel like they've already kind of messed with that a little bit, especially with like last episode with how Iwakura was affecting uh, the other two friends, right? I didn't write their names down, but, you know, the, the more popular one um, and then the, the more introverted one, right? The, so like, you know, you know, getting those two and like the whole reason why they're even becoming sort of friends is because of Iwakura. So, you know, they're, you know, so that whole sentiment I feel like is really getting carried throughout this whole show, even with Shima and now Ikashira, all this stuff. So that is what they're going to do. I guarantee it. But there's just part of me that's like, I kind of wish that there would be a show where they just don't get redeemed, where one character doesn't get redeemed and they just kind of get ousted and you're not in our friend group. Get out of here, you know, but you know, whatever. Um, and then we have the whole Shima aspect of the episode where, um, you know, all the girls are there to watch Shima. Um, and then we have, we have Iwakura really wanting to, you know, have a nice little gesture towards Shima and it doesn't really work out. Um, you know, they get second place, which is kind of disheartening, but they do it and they're doing great. And then that kind of gives her the will to be like, no, we're going to go, uh, we're going to cheer on Shima. I'm going to give him my, the, the pickled veggies or whatever. And they do, and it's great. And, uh, you know, it's just another moment between them two. Um, again, building their relationship. Um, again, we're, we're kind of in that weird spot where it's like, I don't know if they're going to get together. Like, part of me feels like they might just stay best friends. Um, which is nice. You know, we are having these these nice little gestures, these nice little moments where they do good stuff for each other. Um, and then everyone else sees it. I mean, even their friend group, when, when Irakura ran out, was like, I'm going to go give him, I'm going to, I'm, I'm determined. You know, everyone, you know, they, they, they even mentioned it where they're like, ah, but you know, Iwakura still has, you know, best friend energy. You know, she's still kind of on that time. So we're kind of seeing, you know, even the whole friend group is very, <laughs> very much aware of what could be brewing between these two. So, um, it's nice, you know, again, just another nice episode you know, building some more stuff up, and, uh, yeah, good stuff all around. Next, we got Heavenly Delusion Episode 6. Um, yeah, not, a not too much stuff happening here, but, uh, still, still fun. Um, we have them fighting the bear. They realize that's not a monster. It is an actual bear. <laughs> so that's why, uh, that's why the whole, like, uh, Maru touch or whatever does not work on the bear, because it's just an animal. And, and his, like, matrix melding thing only works on the like monsters that uh that are that are uh, skulking <laughs> skulking around you know you know like we saw with the weird bird thing uh a couple episodes ago that's a bear uh that was that was a very tense scene though you know i like you know i like that where it doesn't work out and now they're like hiding from the bear they have a plan to take the bear out you know kiriko shoots the bear and it's like oh man it's crazy um you know, I I do very much the whole, I do very much like the whole survival aspect of it, where there are still uh, threats. You know, this show 
very much, uh, I think, still probably gets compared to The Last of Us a lot, because The Last of Us just came out, so it's kind of on our minds. Um, you know, do you see that? Obviously, there's not, like, zombies, but, or I guess they're not zombies in The Last of Us, but, you know, uh, walk, or not walkers, walkers, or walking dead, uh, clickers and infected and stuff like that in The Last of Us. Not really that, but there are still threats out there. I mean, we still got the humans, and then we got some of the real monsters, and then we just got bears, apparently. <laughs> so that, that's a thing. Um, um, so it was just really cool to see. Um, and then the very, then the kind of the latter half, we have that one girl who very much came on to Maru very aggressively. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but apparently that's like her, um, her like strategy, right? To become the, the, the hotel king. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use everything to my advantage and get all the money and open up the place more and all, all that stuff. So very, I was not expecting <laughs> how how far they went in this scene but okay um but then it was also very weird though because maru could use the maru touch on her which was very strange because he couldn't use it on the bear but she he was able to use it on the human so it's like i wonder what the block is there like i wonder where is the line that's drawn you know so it's like are just like maybe like to say like intelligent creatures i don't know though there's probably some way again there's a lot of mysteries in this show this show is just chock full of questions that we don't have the answers to <laughs> you know and it's crazy um but yeah it, you know kind of forced him to be in this very awkward situation <laughs> um but you know it is what it is um and then uh it was the very end where, where uh, tokyo had a very weird dream uh we saw the one girl kind of like a weird alien thing, like an alien ghost thing, so again, more questions that we don't have the answers to, um, and then him, and then her, and the other kid kind of messed around a little bit at the end, so that's something, um, and then the one scientist was able to match Tokyo's boot print to the one that was on the door, so it's like, the show, <laughs> added at the service, we just have Maru, and Kuriko traveling, trying to get to a place with the same face as Maru, right? We also have the scientist thing, which is huge. Um, but then we have all these mysteries, like the Maru touch thing, Tokyo, and the, the people at the, the the weird incubation dome chamber with the kids. Like, there's so much. <laughs> and my, I just can't wrap my head around all of it, you know? You know, because I just don't know what's happening. I just don't know what the show is, you know? It's so confusing. <laughs> and we just have like slice of life moments where it's like, oh yeah, Maru and getting it on with this one girl didn't really want to. I don't know what's happening, you know? And then Maru and Kuriko having like a weird moment. <laughs> it's like, hey, whoa, I'm I'm actually a, a man. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> just like, what is going on? What is what is this show? Um, but it is it is a show where it's like I don't know what's happening, but it is so intriguing. Like every episode is so intriguing, and I'm just like I can't stop watching it, you know. So we'll we'll see where this actually goes. Um, you know where. You know what is our next place, right? Because we. I don't remember where they're going now at this point. Um, they stopped at the hotel, but now they're not there anymore. Um, yeah, I don't really remember where their next destination. I, I mean, I feel like they're still trying to go to 
the place that, you know, that the dude was at, right? I think this hotel was just like a pit stop for them, I believe. So, and then the whole kid stuff again, the weird ghost alien. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. So wild. Uh, but then we got next, we got Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village Arc, Episode 4. This one's kicking off. This one's kicking off, boys. I don't know what's going on. Um, we got the huge fight scene this time, and it's not over. It's, it is not not quite over. Uh, we got Muichiro. Uh, he's, he's fighting those, like, demon fish things. He cut off the demon fish's head. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm a Hashira. I'm nice. We're not, you know. There is no... There's no discrepancies here with my with my skill, right? Um, Tanjiro, come over to Tanjiro. He's slicing and dicing. So right right now, it's, it's it, you know the beginning of the episode. It's, it's it's looking up for them. It looks like maybe Tanjiro is able to find you know he's found maybe the weakness to these things, uh, like like their tongues or something. When you cut their tongues, it takes them a little bit longer to recover and to like split off and whatever, you know. And I think he says something about like the more they split off, the less powerful they are. Still very powerful, but. Um, there is some like, some like split, some like splitage <laughs> of the power between all the different, uh, you know, the different entities, right? So that's something. Um, then we have Genya coming in. He's, he's, a, he's a, a spear through his heart, but he's able to blast away that demon. And we're like, oh man, this is what we've been waiting for. Shoot him in the head <laughs> and maybe you can win, but nah, it doesn't work out, right? Like demon just says, puts his head back on takes the thing out getting is dead rest in peace <laughs> um you know now now it looks like we're looking down right getting is gone the one demon just kicks a hole right through nezuko's body <laughs> it's like oh man you know so that's something but then turns back around again right she kicks she kicks a hole through him <laughs> she like kicks his head off almost and then uh she's doing some crazy moves she's got her um her like uh her like demon art which we've seen before where she has like like the crazy flames so she's going crazy against this demon she rips off his arm takes his leaf blows him away and that's what i'm saying man you know you know nezco you know i feel like it's super underrated in every fight we're just like oh it's just some dumb demon child who you know uh, you know doesn't really know how to fight which she doesn't you know for the most part but um you know her power and you know i feel like her her just like intuition gets her through a lot of stuff now she's going crazy we cut over to tanjiro tanjiro putting a sword through the one dude's throat you know so he's he's taking him out um tanjiro i feel like is also really good at adapting um of like recognizing things and using them to his advantage um you know so when he does fight the other demon he uses the one dead demon's foot to block the blow because it's made of the same what, what does the one demon say it's made of the same cells <laughs> that i'm made of and so i'm impervious to the, the lightning so that means that that body part is also impervious to the lightning and i'm just like listen that's that sounds like a lot of science that i don't i don't quite know <laughs> i don't i don't quite know the specifics of but it makes sense um but he's able to block the the, the demon's foot block the strike so that's really cool um so everything's looking up you know um fortunately the one demon is back and he uses the leaf, blows down Nezuko and Tanjiro, traps them. We're here for the final blow. Um, so it's not looking great. Looking great at the end. So, you know, I do like how there's a nice little back and forth, right? Where 
demons start winning, then the humans start winning, demons start winning again. Um, you know, you know, because it is just like their their power levels, right? Where um, I mean, even Tanjiro isn't at a hundred percent right now. Um, you know, and, and it really is tough. You know, this is kind of a new enemy, right? Where um, you know we did get this before in the last arc with those two demons who split off or the one demon is split off into two but now we have like these hydras right where they just keep splitting off and they're, they're all really powerful though like their their only power is not the fact that it's tough to kill them you know because of them being able to split off into multiple bodies but it's like no they all do kind of have their own little specialty and they're all really really powerful it was like we do kind of need everyone here fighting um you know to you know to help out um, and, and I do love the very end where, where Mitsuri is here, you know, she's like stationed very close to the village, she's getting the call from the ravens, <laughs> and she's like super happy, she's like, oh, I can't wait, I'm gonna come, she's, she's running here, so I can't wait to see what her kind of, I mean, you know, I, I can't wait to see her fight, because we haven't really seen her fight yet, um, to see what her kind of special abilities are, like what her, uh, her kind of fighting style is, I mean, even, even, uh, even Muichiro, like, we haven't really seen him fight too much, you know, we've seen him kind of be nice at the very beginning, we cut off the one demon's head, which kind of spawned everything, and we have him fighting the, the, the demon fish, which, again, she just kind of does real quick, so, but just to see him and Mitsuri really get here and show off what they can really do, um, yeah, yeah, so, good stuff, um, yeah, good stuff all around, um, and then also them all working in tandem, like, this episode was a nice little, uh, little taste of, of what this fight's gonna be, but I feel like next episode is really what's the main fight of, like, everyone together, all the demons versus all the humans, um, yeah, the next episode I feel like is gonna, is gonna pop off, so, um, good start, though, again, I mean, you know, not, not trying to take away anything away from this episode, though, where, you know, the fights was great, like, watching them go back and forth and all that, but next episode, I feel like is gonna be the one, um, so yeah, good stuff, next we have Mobile Suit Gundam, which for Mercury Season 2, Episode 4, yeah, a lot of words, a lot of words there, um, this one, a lot of, uh, a lot of little moments here that I feel like we're like really getting into the in, you know in, into the season at this point. Um, so up until now, I'm not saying I've been down on the show, but it is like just sort of like riding off of the first season, and I feel like they're just still like setting a lot of stuff up. But I feel like there was a lot of really good stuff in this episode. So um, first, we have a confirmation of what I thought maybe happened because I, I was a little confused last episode. You probably could tell. Uh, but some some confirmations this episode, which I super appreciate. Um, so we have Pros we find out that Prospera, or we confirm because I feel like she said it last episode. But like I said, I was I was very confused as to what exactly she was confessing to. Um, but what I know now is that Prospera did have another kid, and she turned that kid into Ariel, which like explains so much. I mean, it explains why Ariel is the way she is, or she. Well, I mean, technically, I guess it is a she, but. Um, or he, I don't remember if the kid was a, what gender the kid was, but, um, uh, I just lost my entire train of thought. Yeah, so, and then it also makes sense as to why Suleta, um, is, like, super compatible with, with Ariel. Also maybe explains why Suleta, 
doesn't um you know never succumbs to the gundam like disease you know which which is mentioned quite a few times especially last episode i believe where they're just like or maybe the episode before where they're just like why don't you die you know because gundams historically destroy their pilots like that's just that, that that's just a fact that's just what happens um which is why you know in the in this uh in this series in the the wish for mercury series i haven't really watched under the other gundam stuff i do really want to though because um i know gundam is universally pretty well liked um you know so i, I definitely do want to watch more gundam stuff but um you know at least in this show that you know that's why the whole gundam program was uh was like banned you know where it's like why we don't do that anymore we don't make gundams anymore because of how dangerous they are um you know because they they literally destroy their pilot like, like they they kill their pilots that's just that's just how it works how the whole you know connection between pilot and gundam works so like why why haven't you done this i mean we've seen stuff happen we've even seen uh sophie right sophie's the one who died what, an episode or two ago you know you, you know because of going off with with her gundam it's like why why doesn't this work on you you know what i mean like why like so and so this kind of explains it it's like oh because they're siblings and like they're they're coded specifically for each other like like that that's why she's able to go crazy and not have any of the the terrible after effects of it so oof and just like the weight of prospera like having another kid and turning them into it and it's just like oh my gosh there's so much to peel back there <laughs> Like you turned it, you turned a child into a Gundam. Like that's, I don't know how how much I like that. Like morally, you know. Like the more and more we see her, the more it's just like the mom is ruthless. Like Prospera is ruthless for trying to reach her goals. You know, like at the very beginning of the show, you're like, oh, Prospera is great. She's a great mom. The more you look at it, you're like, I don't know how good of a mom she is. I just don't know. And then we'll we'll get into more stuff in a second with her, but jeez, man. Um, some quick stuff we got. Uh, Shadik is gonna try to take Delling's spot, you know, over Miorine. So we'll see how that goes. You know, I'm still super uneasy about him because um, they did try to take them out. They're you know scheming and everything. Uh, I mean, there was a part of it though that they're like, well, you know, he's she's just trying. He's just legitimately trying to do what's best for him and his people. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to learn more about him, I guess, and like what his actual motives are, I suppose. Um, we also have other students blame all the Earthians for what happened, for what Sophie and, and, and co. did, um, which isn't fair, right? Because we know that the, the, the Earthians that are part of the Earth house um, that we've grown to know and love are not bad people. I mean, Nika... Nika's... Uh, Nika is a pretty big gray area, <laughs> um, but everyone else, like everyone else, there had nothing to do with this, you know. So that's not fair, right? That's, that's just not fair, and they don't care. Um, they talk about you know everything they did, you know, killing people. Um, you know, they threw a can at the one dude and uh, started bleeding, and it's like, ah, oh, come on, guys, like this just, it's just so bad, you know. It it, it just sucks, you know. Mirena comes in though and uh, has some, you know records the, the the violence that just occurred and that kind of makes them scatter but which is shout out to me arena right but it's just like ugh, it's just so sad to see because we know that they had nothing to do with it i mean i guess 
there could be some stuff that we don't know about but you know with with nika right where we didn't know all the stuff that 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 nika was doing but it's just like i mean even even nika's super 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 like um she's she's remorseful right so i don't know it's tough it's tough because i mean you can't really i don't know like <clears throat> Part of you can't really blame them though because they don't know the difference like they're just ignorant they don't know the difference between the good earthians and the bad earthians right um and also like this is what they've known their whole life um this is what their parents have told them you know what i mean so it's like and from your perspective if you're one of them the odds are stacked against earthians you know like and we're kind of delving into obviously like racism and all that stuff where it's like well if you if you grow up with racist parents and they tell you certain things it's like that's what you're going to believe because you're a kid and that's what you you know you you believe what your kids tell or what your parents tell you because they're your parents right it does get to a point though where it's like at some point you have to be your own person and do your own research and you know live your own life and realize oh racism is stupid <laughs> and it makes literally no sense to like someone for not who they are but for other you know some other um, you know, like a physical characteristic that they have literally no, um, no control over, you know, you should base someone on who they are. It goes back to what the, the Martin Luther King speech, right? Where he's like talking about, um, judging people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, you know, it goes to that where it's like, like someone or don't like someone and judge them based on who they are, not what they are, right? Um, and the what they are being like, you know, color of their skin or gender or, you know, whatever. Obviously, if they are a murderer, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, that that is a that is a who they are and less of a what they are. So you can definitely judge them on that. But, um, you know, where they were born is them being born on Earth and then be like, well, all Earthians are bad. It's like, well, hold on now. <laughs> hold on just a second. Um, you know, so. But yeah. And then. um um, you know, some other small stuff too. Uh, Shen, which I feel like is his name. I don't remember his name. It's like Shen, you know, the whole like gray haired guy who had his like clone that got destroyed. You know, that, that guy, I think his name is Shen. Um, in the moment, I didn't feel like looking it up <laughs> and I missed his name. So I was like, I'm just gonna go with Shen. It's probably not his name, but you know, it's a gray haired dude that, you know, had the clone that was getting real close to Suleta and then the, and then the clone got destroyed and now Shen is here again so it's it's that guy we we all know that guy um he got rejected by the Ariel which again goes deeper into the Prosperin Suleta stuff where it's like oh the kid Aerie which I guess is why they named her Ariel because it's like Aerie Ariel um they like rejected him like hard like all like there's like a data storm and everything so it's like which, which is cool, you know, I mean, it's it's still sick and kind of twisted, but just from a, a practical perspective, it's like, oh, no one else can ever pilot Ariel, like only Suleta can pilot Ariel, that's really cool, um, and then we have a, a big moment at the end, well, let me just mention another small thing, I do like Mirena coming back, and like everyone being like, loving that she's back, and then also like dumping a lot of work on her to be like, hey, here's all this stuff you have to look over and here's some stuff that you have to sign and your stuff you have to approve. And we have these like expenses and whatever. I just thought that was really funny to be like, love that you're back. Here's a bunch of work for you. 
um, and it was just nice to see them all together and like them all being like we love that you're back like me Raina looking around and like scanning everyone's face and them all being like super hyped that she's back and, like yeah we're and like me Raina being like oh, like you can tell that this is where she wants to be like she truly loves this company like you know Gundarm and all that but she truly loves all the people that are here and she's not just using them like she like she really wants to work with these people so I love that the whole like camaraderie and like almost like family that they've all become is just top notch um but then we have the very end which I love I love this ending um Mirene and Suleta they go check out the greenhouse and I love that Mirene kind of puts everything on the back burner to go talk with Suleta basically because we know that that's what it is right um you know, and she says, like, hey, do you do you hate me? And, they, and the, you know, they finally come across the topic of that moment when Suleta killed that person, squished that person out of existence to save Mirene and her father. Um, and we saw how horrified she was when that happened. And so we finally have the moment, right, where Suleta's like, do you, do you hate me for that moment? And Mirene says, no, I don't hate you. Um, you know, you, you did what you had to do. If you didn't do that, then... I would probably be dead, my dad would probably be dead, right? And then Suleta says that, you know, she she knew it, she knew that her mom was right. You know, her mom told her that Suleta would eventually see reason and she would understand that she did the right thing. And that kind of triggered me, Rene, where she like the right thing. What do you the right no 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 You know, and and, and the whole sentiment there is that like you know how, how can you be smiling how can you be so happy about this like you you killed somebody you murdered somebody and the argument there is that well if i didn't do that then you would have died you know you you that would die and you know her whole thing is like well you know like this part of the argument you know because there's a couple different facets to this argument but this part of the argument is murder like is it okay right and i i, I see both perspectives where like i totally understand Mirina's, or, uh, let's, we'll start with Suleta, with Suleta's perspective, where it's like, well, if I didn't kill him, then he would have killed, like, he had a gun on you, like, he would have killed you and your dad, like, you would have been gone, <laughs> you know, so I totally get that, where it's like, Suleta's right, like, like, with that point, Suleta is 100% correct, you know, um, maybe she could have just, like, swatted him away and just severely injured him or something, but in the moment, killing him, like, taking his life to save your guys' lives, completely worth it, and there's an argument to be made there, um, and I don't completely disagree with that argument, right, but then you have Mirena's perspective, where it's like, yeah, but you still murdered somebody, and you're just, like, way too okay with it, you know, like, it doesn't seem like it's weighing on you at all that you murdered somebody, you know, like, you still took someone's life, um, like, it, like, it, 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 like, Ever since that happened, it has been weighing on Mirena's mind, and Mirena had nothing to do with it. Like, she didn't, you know, like, I mean, she was there, but, like, she didn't say, hey, so let that kill this man for me, you know, like, and so she's like, how can you be just so okay with this? Like, like, how, like, you don't seem remorseful at all, you know, and, like, I totally get that perspective, too, because it's like, she still killed somebody, you know, like, you still committed murder, like, and then it goes on to, is that just something you're okay with now from this point? Like, are you okay with just killing people to, to, you know, to, um, you know, to, like, fix any problems like that? You know, 
so again, I totally see both perspectives, you know, because then it escalates, you know, because I feel like if it was just that, we could have maybe come to some sort of understanding, but then it goes on to the other aspect of the argument, which is Prospera, which is, you know, which is Suleta's mom and how she talks about, um, uh, she talks about how that's what the mom wanted her to do, you know, and my mom was right, all that stuff, you know, blah, 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 and Mirena is like, would you, you know, like, my mom's always right, right, and she's like, do you always do everything that your mom says, like, if your mom said to, to use the Gundam to, to kill people, would you do it, you know, if she, if she said, we're going to make the Gundam purely for weapons, for war, would you, would you be okay with that, would you want to be a part of that, basically, and Suleta is just like, yes, like she gives the answer of yes. And it's just like, oh, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. You know, because she, she's even like, we made Gundam to help people. We wanted to show that Gundams are not just these weapons of mass destruction. Like they can help people. They can help. Um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maintain and save lives rather than take them. And so it's like. If we were to use them, if your mom was like, we're going to use Gundams solely for the intent to murder and take life away, would you, would you be okay with that? Would you take part in that? And she's like, if my mom told me to, then yes, because my mom is always right. And like that sets her off, right? Because it's just like, what do you mean? Like, because at that point, it's just like, you're, you're just a puppet. And at that point, it kind of gets to where, where I was thinking, where I'm like, what did the mom do? Because we already know at this point that the mom turned a kid and turned her own child into a Gundam so it's like did she do something to Suleta you know like almost like a, a robot where you like implant a chip into them where it's like you will always do what I say you know like that's kind of how Suleta is acting where it's like she has this like pre-recorded response of just like anything that her mom says she like it's like her <laughs> her like prime directive to always do whatever whatever her mom said and it's just like you know so the mirror rainy goes off on the mom you know and it's just like you know because mirror rainy is like no like she should be her own person like you are using literally using her as a puppet um and then it flips even more where prospera drops some bombs on her and is like hey uh your dad delling is the one who killed everyone i loved she what what she said like my husband my other kids or something my mentor you know nat drops a bomb on me Raina, because she didn't know any of that so she's like yeah like you, you you think that i'm the one no 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 your family is the one your family started this and i'm ending this so that's like another crazy thing and it's like how much <laughs> how much would you do like you know and like me Raina wants him to keep suleta out of it you know just you know it, she, she gives a great argument where she's like, why don't all the adults just kill each other and leave us out of it, you know? You know, because an, an, another thing that I forgot to mention where, uh, you know, another question that, that Mirene asks Suleta is like, if your mom told you to give up on your dream of, of starting a school at Mars or Mercury, Mercury, would you do it? And she's like, well, you know, I would, I would be a little upset, but yeah, I would do it. And it's just like, again, another thing where it's like, this is your life that you have like spilled to me about like your hopes and dreams and like who you are as a person and you're saying that if your mom told you to not do that you would just be okay with it like there there's something going on here um 
And then it ends with Prospera wanting Miurene to work with her, you know, to like reach her goals and maybe Miurene could, you know, be a part of it and be with Zuleta and all that stuff. So it's like, and I think she's actually contemplating it. So I don't know. It's it just, this episode I feel like was really crazy with a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> and uh, I love it. It's great. Great stuff. Um, you know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Miurene is going to do. I imagine Miurene is probably going to... Um, uh, you know, probably going to say yes to it. She, I know she doesn't want to. But... It's a tough situation. You know, and then even Suleta. It's like, how much does Suleta really know? Suleta only knows... Barely. Barely anything. Barely anything about, like, who she is. Like, is Miurene going to spill the beans? Like crazy next we got insomniacs after school episode four um yeah some good stuff here um nothing too crazy um you know more of kind of a, a light episode i feel like more of like a setup episode but there's still a couple things to talk about so um uh let's see we have Marguerite inviting your friends to the meteor shower party that's pretty cool you know so we're getting deeper into that getting closer and closer to that party can't wait to see what that's actually going to be um yeah and we have on the other side we have nakami with his friend ukagawa and uh he you know he's rattling nakami a little bit um it's funny because on the surface it's just about their little you know, little game of uh, of shogi i think uh that's that's what they're playing uh but but deeper like he is speaking some truths here where he's like oh what about you know what about Maguri? um you know like oh you're kind of getting close you kind of you know you is that going to become something and shaking them up a little bit but we can clearly tell like on both their sides we you know we can tell what this is becoming you know it's very clear to everybody right even if was like sure oh yeah it's not it's not a date sure whatever you whatever you say um we have uh let's see uh and then we have them kind of working more and more up to the meteor shower party um you know i just like their little interaction here uh it's kind of probably the biggest well, one of the bigger moments of this episode is uh, them trying to create a poster, and we have on on Marguerite's side, it's not good. It's just like mostly drawing, and it's not a good <laughs> a good drawing. It's not very indicative of, of you know, it's not very clear of what it actually is. And so Nakami takes a crack at it, and it's super small, and it's mostly just text. And so, uh, you know, them, neither of them having artistic ability, I think is, I think it's pretty funny. They're trying to get like outside help. I don't know who that is exactly. They haven't come around on that, but, um, it's just funny that not, that they're both useless in that aspect and they kind of bond over it almost. Um, and then, but more so that they do have the moment where Nakami does ask her to the, um, to come with him to the, uh, the fireworks, I think. Right. Um, so that was a big moment too. Cause it's like, oh, it's not a date, but it kind of is, you know, it kind of is. And I think both of them know it is. And then we have um, that, that outside uh, perspective where Shirumaru was going to come into her home <laughs> and she's listening, but she doesn't want to come in because she's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt the moment because, <laughs> you know, because she can hear what's happening. And I just thought that's nice because she clearly knows what's happening there. And just, just like everyone else, like everyone that knows and see both of them is like, they're getting closer and like they're they're building an actual romantic relationship so um you know i do like that you know even um you know even rollo the cat kind of walking over and like seeing you know because he can sense that 
that uh, Trumar was coming in. It's like, ah, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Um, and then I, I love uh, just some more characters too. Kanakawa, one of uh, one of Maguri's friends. I'm just super obsessed with beating Nakami. You know, I guess she's kind of the, the person who's like super high in like the class rankings or whatever. And like always try. But then you have Nakami, who I'm sure doesn't even really know that she exists. You know, and not out of like, oh, you're so far beneath me. Like, more, it's just a, that's just Nakami's personality, right? Um, but it's just funny to always see Kanakawa, like, trying to beat him. Like, you know, we have the, uh, the like, Homek uh, thing where they're doing the sewing, and she's like, ha, I finished. And she was so focused on beating him that she wasn't, it, it actually took her focus away from the task at hand. <laughs> and she, like, sewed the thing to her dress or her skirt. <laughs> it's just so funny. And then, like, moments later, Nakami's, like, finished, and she's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> like throws up her hands i thought that was funny you know again like you know the, the show you know there are a lot of shows like this and even ones that i've covered on here um you know we talk about uh last season we covered a show called uh the angel next door spoils me rotten and uh very similar it is mostly focused on two main characters right getting into possibly a romantic situation uh, but other than that you know you really want other strong characters around them that can kind of, you know, you kind of pepper them in and, and help support, right? Um, so with Angel Next Door's Bullsman Rotten, we had, um, we had a couple of the male main character's friends that would come in every so often. We had the, the male's parents that would come in, and, um, and then we had another couple friends that they made, uh, you know, uh, together. So, you know, we had, we had a supporting cast, you know, because it was just them two. It probably would have been still, like, a good show, but I think you need a supporting cast to to fill out the episodes and help make sense of different situations that they're put in. So um, I feel like this show is the same thing where I love Maguri and Nakami, but them having the friend group, um, you know, we have U Ukigawa and then we have, uh, you know, on Nakami's side and then we have Kanakawa and the other girls on Maguri's side. We have Shiromaru, right? Um, you know, all these other characters that do kind of fill out this space, I think is important. Um, then we have uh, kind of the very end them kind of gearing towards this uh this like camping trip um we have nakami going off on that one teacher um which hit him going off i think it was a little too much in terms of what he actually did but i think the sentiment was correct because I, I also don't like that teacher it was like like the one thing that hit home for me was him being like there there's something wrong with you like a normal person is is able to get sleep and i'm like i i don't like that i mean you know maybe he wasn't exactly intending it in that way to be like a diss and be like oh you're you know you're a freak <laughs> you know he wasn't intending it that way but it did kind of come off that way and especially knocking me you know i think him being told that about himself i don't think would hurt him that much but he knows you know Maguri, a person he super cares about in the same situation and so he kind of put the teacher's words towards knock uh, towards Maguri, and that set him off where he's like you know, because in mind, he's like, Marguerite's great. What are you like? You know, you know, you're calling her not normal, a freak, a, you know, an abomination like that. What do you, you know, so that, I think that kind of triggered him. And, you know, I, again, I, I don't fully think that the teacher was intending it that way to be like, there's something wrong with you. You need to seek help, you know, which is true. But, you know, there's a way you can say it that sounds helpful. And there's a way you can say it where it sounds like you're attacking the person. And I feel like whether, you know, I, I don't think the teacher was me was uh intending it to be the attacking way but i think especially with him knowing Maguri, somebody he cares about who also deals with the same thing also suffers from the same thing i think he uh took it as as an, an attack 
Um, so again, yeah. Um, you know, so I thought that was a really good moment, very intense moment, but I was like, I get it. Um, and then kind of on top of that with the whole camping thing, like they do, you know, they, you can tell they both really want at least one clear night so they can take pictures together. Um, they're going to try to sneak out like that. So I imagine that's kind of probably what next episode is going to be is them on their camping trip. Um, I don't know if it'll span more than one episode. I know they're going for a few days, but we'll see. Um, you know, but I do like them spending more time together. They're not in the same group, but they're going to sneak off. So that's, ooh, it's a little scandalous, right? But, uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, good episode. Good episode. Like I said, not too much happening. It does feel like more of like a setup for next episode and even episodes to come right with the fireworks, you know, it's getting set up of the, of the fireworks thing, more set up with the meteor shower and then the, the imminent setup of the camping trip. So lastly, we have Oshinoko episode four. Um, yeah, this was a very Kana centric episode um obviously with aqua helping out a bunch but uh there's definitely an episode for all the kana fans out there so um i'll just mention this um as i try to you know i'll probably try to mention this every time just in case people are jumping in um and i want to be as transparent as possible but uh i have read oshinoko i don't think the manga is over so i haven't like finished it because you can't finish it but you know i've i'm definitely past where this whole season is going to go so fully transparent there not going to give spoilers though i never i never do that because that's not cool um but yeah so very kind of focused um you know kind of again is kind of recognizing that the show sucks um but you know it is an opportunity and all that good stuff so um that's kind of recapping a lot of the sentiment from last episode and then aqua does an amazing thing where um he improvs the scene and makes everyone else shine right like he completely improvs his lines his like uh his like position so that the cameras can do certain things that are that weren't initially planned and um you know he, he does it for akana because he knows again last episode he knows the you know kind of setup for the show and what it really is for what the purpose of the show really is for and also how that hurts kana you know so he does you know he he does definitely care about people you know i feel like especially compared to ruby he comes off as this kind of cold and like purely analytical you know he doesn't really but like he is human, he does have a heart, he does, he does care about the people that, that he cares about, you know, um, so he improvs everything, and he goes crazy, and, and, and he does get, you know, put Kana in this position to shine, you know, puts her in the position to give the lines in the way that she knows they're supposed to be given, and also, like, the setup, and, like, her facial, like, her crying, and all that stuff, like, her completely matching panel for panel what the manga is, like, so that, 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 that's what she wants, right, and she couldn't have done that, because, again, up until this point, Kana has been, you know, she is known for being super accommodating to what, you know, the, the, the writer, what the, what the director, the producer, all that stuff, what they want, what they, what they vision, even if it's not what she wants, even if it hurts her own, um, you know, performance, um, you know, super accommodating to the other actors, especially like newer ones that don't have experience, like, and then in this show specifically, she is like dumbing down her acting to match the other actors, to make them look good, um, not, not only make them look good, but more so to not make them look bad, <laughs> you know, cause, cause Khan is a really good actor. So if she went off, it would make everyone else look terrible. And again, kind of the whole purpose of the show, this TV drama is to give the other actors who aren't really actors. They're more like models, um, more opportunities, you know, so super accommodating in that way, but it also hurts her cause it makes her look not great. And it's like, oof. So 
Aqua doing that. And also not only only Aqua for Kana, but Aqua also made the other actor in, in that scene who's not very good, made him look incredible too, you know? Because like the lines that he was giving after Aqua started doing what he was doing, they sounded more real. Like, not this one, not like super good, but like way better than his like, like robotic, like not confident sounding acting that he was doing beforehand. And then the punch too was like, that was a real punch. Like he actually connected and it and it, it was real. And it was like, like, yeah, like it made him look even better too. So that was really cool. And then at the very end, uh, we have the actual author, the, the mangaka, um, she praised Kana and she was like, Hey, you, you, you carried the show. Like you were the one. And like, that makes her cry. And it's like, Oh yes. Kind of getting even more real recognition and then even like the author like we have the scene where the author was watching the episode and like her other people that were with her like i don't know her editors or whatever um like with her being like oh yeah we watched like the first couple episodes but it's trash like ah, oh, they th you know a lot of this stuff always ruins it and whatever and then the author watching the last episode and crying and being like i'm so glad it got adapted because like that episode was the one um so that, that was really cool um, and then more so on the Aqua stuff, uh, you know, he tested the, the cigarette butt or whatever, and he realized that the producer is not related to them. So that's somewhat uh, good. I mean, I guess if he was related, I guess that would be amazing because now he has his answer, but uh, he's not. So it's kind of relieving in a way. Um, but apparently the producer knew I was, very, was still very close to I and even let it slip that he knew, um, you know, he helped like set up secret meetings between I and someone else which we assume is very clearly the father and so they have this little agreement where Aqua's like hey let me get some more information about these meetings and the producer's like hey if you do something for me I'll do something for you and so he's like I want you to be in a reality show that I'm that I'm producing and uh, so that sort of sets up uh, what I'll say is the next little arc that we're going to have. Again, no spoilers, but that is kind of the next little arc here where um, there's a little reality show that's going to happen here um, so that Aqua can get his information. Um, I don't remember if the information is, I mean, I imagine he tells him, right? Like, I mean, I mean, what else could it be? It'd be all secret meetings with like, was, was I having secret meetings with multiple people? <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's so funny because Aqua does not want to act. <laughs> I guess reality TV is sort of acting, sort of not acting. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so that's like a big setup, right? Of like pretty soon Aqua might have his answer. Um, and then just some little ending here. A little bit of an epilogue to the big stuff. Um, Aqua and uh, Aqua and Ruby are at this school. They're at this new high school. Um, Ruby makes friends with Minami, so that's cool. We got a little little friend group forming here. Always love to see that. We have a uh, Frill, who's super 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 popular. Like she she can do it all. She's like a triple threat, right? Um, recognizes Aqua for the TV drama he was just in. Recognizes uh, who else is it? Kana, right? Recognizes Kana. Yeah, recognizes Kana also for the TV drama. I think maybe some other stuff as well because you know she's done a lot of acting as a kid and all that um oh no 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 kind of was not there recognizes Minami for the stuff she was in I forget what she did I think she's like a model maybe I believe um and then does not recognize Ruby which is really sad but that's because Ruby hasn't done anything 
you know so that is kind of again almost a reminder for us too of like hey we were just focusing a lot on aqua and kana and all that stuff when are we getting back to ruby because ruby's got the whole idol thing going on so and on top of that they're like okay well we need a group like you can't just be like it's only you <laughs> you know like we need to and so you know there's lots of rules and stuff and then i like this you know i don't know how true this is in terms of like real idol groups but um you know i do like all the little rules that like the mom quote unquote you know like you know adopted mom or whatever is putting out there where it's like well a lot of people a lot of the talented people are already taken up by their agencies and so we you know we don't want beef with other like we're we're a very small agency like we don't want beef with other agencies trying to like poach people um you know what i mean like freelancing is one thing but we can't you know so it's kind of tough to get people and um you know aqua i don't think actually says it yet but it's very much a setup for him suggesting kana be part of it because kana is a freelancer she's not with an agency you know, he says like she has a cute face so that would that would work i guess um so we'll see that you know we'll see maybe next episode we'll be more focused on ruby and her trying to bring up the whole idol group thing still need more people though i don't know that two people can be an idol group <laughs> i don't know exactly what the thing is there um you know what the requirements are there but um uh, yeah we're getting closer to that hopefully we see more and more of that and uh yeah that's the episode um good stuff all around stuff all around we dropped a couple shows um cutting off more of the fat again dodger stone and tony kawa not bad shows by any stretch of the imagination i just um you know i told myself i was gonna be a little little harsher a little more strict a little more you know like i want to only do shows where every single show i am super excited to watch every week and i think those are two shows where i'm not necessarily excited like i want to watch them you know and i'm still going to watch them but um, only shows that I'm super excited to watch are going to stay week to week. So the 10 shows that we have now, you know, minus those two, obviously was 12. Now it's 10 are all shows that I've every one of these shows. I'm like, are like fighting for my attention. You know what I mean? So, um, very good there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let me know what your, you know, what your favorite episodes were this week, which ones you're looking forward to any predictions for any of the next week's stuff um yeah we're, we're really in the thick of it now like you said we're we're all moving into episode five six and seven pretty much of all these shows so we are we are in it we are we're we're in the in the meat and potatoes of all this stuff so uh yeah that is good um i think that's it so till next time watch more anime